Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Happy Tuesday. Sorry we missed yesterday. Hope everybody enjoyed Memorial Day. If you're not from America, um, you're probably wondering where were we. If you are, you understand this is a an important day in the American calendar. Uh, it's our Memorial Day where we respect and remember the uh, the sacrifice of all those that have given their lives and the safety and security of, of our country. Um, and it's a day that we give gratitude to those people and their families. It's also a day that really marks summer in the American corporate calendar. So for those of you who live in that space in corporate America, you understand the value of Memorial Day. Um, and so we are here now, Tuesday, looking forward to the week. It's a little bit of a short week. we got a big weekend coming up. Uh, we have the holiday of Shavuot, which we will talk about on Thursday. But last week we spoke about changing environments. I want to sort of transition a little bit. It, it all, it's all connected, right? But God's help, but I want to sort of get through it. Um, and, and we circled back to this before, um, but it's sort of as you hit new ideas, you got to bring back some of the old ones so that it reinforces. Uh, and really, what really when you think about it, what happens sometimes in life when we talk, when we talk about changing environments, right? We talk mimetic desire, we talk about wanting things. So sometimes in life, you really can't change your environment because you live somewhere, right? You go to a school. What are you going to do? So we spoke last week, if you remember, on you know making micro changes. This happens all the time. You know, you're in a school, you get to fight with your friends, right? Or you're friends with some kids in ninth grade, and then you're friends with different kids in eleventh grade. It happens all the time. Like the fluidity of friendships. Now the problem is not that friends are fluid because they are. It's that when we have friends, we forget that they're going to be fluid. Like, there are a few friends that you have in your life that are there forever. Like, if you look at your life, if you're over the age of 50 or 40, if you're over the age of 40, okay, you, I'm sure, can look back at your life and notice that you've had a lot of different types of friends, but there's been a few friends that have stuck through it, but everyone else really comes and goes. I've had this in my life before where there have been people in my life that, like, I, I spoke to five times a day because of work, because of friendships, because of whatever it is, and then either somebody moves or I get a new job, or something, and now they're wonderful, I love them, and if I saw them, I'd hug them, um, and we'd, we'd, we'd catch up for hours, but they're just not in my life. It's normal. It's part of life. The problem is that when you're ever in an environment, you forget that this environment may not be forever. So you don't have to change yourself. And when you're wherever you are, you can make micro-changes. You can be aggressive, you can be proactive. When you're in a room and you see people that you respect and admire, you can well, try to create a relationship with those people. It happens all the time. When you're in a school or you're in a uh, an office, and there's a group of people that is creating the wrong mimetic desires for you, and I'll tell you a good litmus test: if you find yourself being negative all day, probably either you've got stuff to work out on your own, or you're around people that are negative all day. This happened to me once. I was involved in some organization a long time ago. Great organization. And I was enjoying the work, but I found myself spending most of my time in politics. But like, like you know, back, di- back channeling and backdooring and all that stuff that takes place sometimes in nonprofit organizations. And while I enjoyed what they were doing and believed in the mission, I made a decision that I couldn't continue because it was just bringing out the worst version of myself. So I had to get out 
and I found other things to, to contribute to. Right, so part of this idea of omentic desire is the recognition that your environment in front of you isn't as as set as you think it is. What's what's before you is much more malleable. You have much more control than you think. You have much more capacity than you think. And there's much more opportunities in front of you to engage in the right type of environments than you think. Now, where I want to transition today and spend a little bit of time is I want to go through the power of immersion. Because one of the things that we don't appreciate is that in order to change our environment, which will change what we want, you don't have to change it forever. You don't have to move. But you do have to put yourself in immersive experiences that's not in your current environment. So I'll give you an example. When we take people to Israel, so Momentum, which is the sponsor of the show, which is the is a organization that takes people to Israel. It does a lot more than that. It's not just an Israel organization. It does a nor- it's a it's an organization that does for the whole year. But my particular connection began by running a trip. And so you land in Israel and you've got 250 guys, many of which have never been to Israel before, all of which are not moving to Israel after the trip. But what happens, and this happens every single time, you begin the trip and many of the guys are tethered to America, right? They're like, no, I'm going to go, but like, don't worry. And they worked on their office. So they're like, when we get to the hotel, like 11 o'clock, it's only like two o'clock or six o'clock or whatever in, in America. So they schedule calls and they wake up early. They go to bed like, right. And they're on the phone with their family all day. And they're still FaceTiming their kids. Like they think that, although it's a you know, six to seven hour difference, depending on what time of year it is, like I'm fine. It's a, it's a global world. It's a flat world. And they're still living in America, even though they're in Israel. And then what happens usually after like day three, is that they realize that they're they're missing everything. They're not in America, they're not here. And they just basically like untether. And they like tell their work family, like, I'll speak to you in a couple, I'll speak to you, I'll check in, but like, I'll be back in the office on Monday. And as soon as they do that, something happens. They start to immerse themselves in the trip. They immerse themselves in, in Israel. Now, they're not moving to Israel. They don't know anything about Israel. They don't speak Hebrew. But they're in a different world. And by immersing immersing themselves in a different world, they're able to see a piece of themselves and to have desires that they never could have had otherwise. So to some of these guys, by the time you get to the end of the trip, and they've been to places that they've never been to there ever, they go up to Tzva, and they go to Masada, and they go to the Western Wall, and now they're in all these places and they're, they're immersed in Israel. They're immersed on a trip. They're immersed around the guys. Their life is not work. Their life is, is, is a trip, right? It's waking up and getting on a bus. It's going from place A to place B and with dinner in the It's It's trip-like. And the immersion of being in a different environment without tethering to where you are from without connecting to where you're going to go, but allowing yourself to be in the pool of the environment that you're in gives your brain the ability to see things and to want things that it could never otherwise see or want. And we should always see this, and I've seen this a hundred times. You take a guy... I remember there's one guy in particular who I saw him, you know, I, I went, it was by the Western Wall. He was crying. 
I said, you okay? So he explained to me that he had, he has, one of his children has special needs. And ever since she was born, he never cried. Like, he, he, he was tough. Like, that was his role in the, in the family. And he just shut down. Like, he, he took care of her, took care of the family. He stepped up. But emotionally, he couldn't let himself go. And here he was, four days into the trip, three days into the trip at the Western Wall, talking to God, just with men around, families not near him. And he started to cry. He, he, he connected back to a piece of himself that he had lost. And it was so powerful for him that he was starting to rethink emotionality and, and connection and what he wants. And he, he was able to be him. He was always that guy. He just shut down. How'd he get there? What happened? Nobody gave him a speech on that. And he, he, didn't, go, he didn't go to therapy for three days. Like, what did it that made him shift and be able to do something that he couldn't do and see something that he couldn't see and want something that he didn't know he wanted? How did it all happen? He just was someplace else. And the answer is, he was someplace else. By immersing in where you are, it allows your mind to experience something that it could never have experienced before. All right, we're going to talk about this. The idea of immersion and how immersion could be the most powerful thing for rechecking and redeepening our desires. All right, everybody, have a great day. God's help. We can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Living on a lifeline, the world doesn't ever seem to change. Looking for the sunshine, but you're caught up in the rain. It's like your eyes are wide open, but you cannot see. You're watching life pass you by like one, two, three. Walking in destruction, the winds of life blur your vision. All the devastation forever feels like you're on the run. It's time. No one else can set you free, you're locked inside, and only you have got the key.